So let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, and uh, we're just going to kind of we'll take my time, hopefully not get too quick, uh, trying to read through this quickly because there are several scriptures. And then I want you to notice when we get down into like 12 and verse 13, and we'll pick up on it here in a little bit while we're, we're teaching. But you'll notice the first 11 verses is going to be talking a whole lot about rest and entering into rest. And then when we get to 12 and 13, you're going to see a shift that the writer makes. We're going to highlight that here in just a little bit as we get to that. But he makes a shift. Does anybody know what Hebrews 4.12 is without looking at it right now? I'm not asking you to say it. I just want to know if you know what it is. Because once we get there, you're probably going to be, oh, yeah, I know what that is. I've heard that a lot. Well, you have to remember when they're writing this, they didn't have it written in chapter breaks. So when we're reading chapter 4, 3, 4, and, and, and going into 5 and all that, that's kind of reading all together right there. Because some people will take that verse 12 and we get there, and they'll just, they'll just take that and they'll use it, which is good. It can stand on its own, but you have to put it in context with the first 11 verses. And even at the beginning of Hebrews. So we're going to talk about that this morning just for a little bit. I hope you guys uh, can just stay with me as we read, and uh, you can follow along on the board. It is out of the New Living Translation, okay? So just in case you want to know what translation it is, that's the translation we're going to be reading from this morning. All right, let's pray, though, before we get into this word. God, I just thank you right now, Lord. God, we're getting ready to enter your word. We're getting ready to read your word. And, Father, I just thank you, God, so much for it. It is alive and it's active, Lord God. God, it's speaking to us uh, throughout the service this morning. Your spirit is here. God, I just pray that this word would just begin to activate in our hearts and in our minds and draw us closer to you, Lord Father, that we can enter into a place of rest in you. And we just thank you for that. God, just let my words ring out the way that you want them to this morning. Just a vessel for you, Lord God. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, so let's get into the word, Hebrews chapter 4, 1 through 13. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. That's some pretty strong words right there. We're going to come back to a lot of this, okay? But did you pick that up? God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear. That some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. And even though this rest is already has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scripture where it mentions the seventh day. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. Verse six. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter the house because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. God announced this through David much later 
in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear this, his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Now we pick up on verse 12, and I said, I know you've heard this part. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Thank God for his word. Amen. Now, there's a lot in there to unpack. We have to see here that there's a, a few things that we have to point out when, when reading this. There's a lot in context here. The earliest Jewish, the early Jewish Christians that were, he's talking to here, right? The Hebrews. They were attempting to go back to Old Testament time and law and rituals once again. But God offered them a relationship through Christ. This is nothing new to us. We know this. They were trying to go back to rituals. These real, real uh, ritualistic types of things that they were doing and practices, these observances of him. So part of the rest that we're talking about here in this scripture, of course, is showing and saying you don't have to do that anymore. There's rest from that. You don't have to go back to the way of living in the law, right? That's one of the things that was pointed out here. I'm getting somewhere, all right? You're just going to have to hang with me until I get there. Because some people will read that and then they'll be like, well, you're not using it in context because we know what this is talking about. There's more in there. We've got to see what it's saying to us for today. Because that word right now that was speaking to them and telling them, hey, you're going back to ritualistic observances and you're going back to Old Testament and you're trying to go back to what the law was saying, it's still something there for us today. The second thing that we've got to point out is when defining God's rest, that was mentioned in this, is we got to look back at the Garden of Eden. It's mentioned, the promised land, the Sabbath instituted by God. That's, we read all those things right there. And that is representation of what Christ offers his people. He offers this to us. The third thing, and I'm not spending a whole lot of time with those because I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere. The third thing that we have to look at in context when we read this is when defining God's rest. We look at a future destiny, right? We look at a future for God's people. That's our ultimate rest. Amen? I got one amen. Nobody else is looking for a future rest in God? You better believe I'm looking for a future rest. 
But sometimes we can get so caught up in a future rest that we don't take time for the present rest that he gives us. Because he has rest for us right now. There is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, for those in Christ Jesus, a time of future glory where we will enter into his rest for eternity. But as believers for today, when we're walking this out on the earth today, we can live in a rest in Christ. That's what we're talking about this morning. Throughout Hebrews, the writer tells us of a heavenly city, a city of the living God, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You read that throughout Hebrews. So with all that being said, God's rest is a place. But it's also a state of being. Would anybody agree with that in here this morning? I thank God that I can rest in him. You're going to hear me say that a lot this morning because I cannot tell you how important that is for the rest of God in a believer's life. A believer not resting in God, Satan can come and he can try to begin to manipulate your mind because you're not receiving the rest that is in Christ Jesus. You don't have to agree with that, but I know that's true because I've experienced it in my own life. When I didn't rest in Christ, when I didn't rest in him and rest in what he is, who he is and what he's done in my life and what he's done for me. And I allowed all the other stuff and I said, God, I know you have that, but I'm not resting in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what you have to offer. I know you offer me a lot of things, but I'm not resting in that. You see, that rest encompasses all that he has for us. The joy of the Lord that he has for us. That's part of his rest, isn't it? The love. It's all part of his rest. We could go on. We go through the list of all these things. That's part of his rest that he offers us. And we don't enter into the rest. Well, we know what's the opposite of that, restlessness. And that's not some great th- revelation to you today, is it? The opposite of rest is restlessness. But if I asked, I went around the room and I'd say, raise your hand if you've dealt with restlessness. Every hand in here would go up. Because it's something that we all face. Maybe not right now, but it's something that we face. It is a future rest, but we can enter into it right now. You see, your tomorrow should influence your today. I'm going to repeat that. Your tomorrow should influence your today. Your uh, hope in an end time and a future glory should impact your today living. I'll amen that. (laughs) Because what's going to happen in the future should really be impacting our life today. And part of that is rest. So I'm going to enter into this rest. Our Father in heaven speaks from his throne with the hope that we have his children would allow his word and promises and the truth to bring them into rest today. Can you picture that? He's sitting on his throne hoping that we would receive all that he has for us today. Because he has so many things 
but we do ourselves a disservice and we don't accept what he has for us because of whatever reason, then the list could go on and on and on. Why don't we? Can I just, can I get a medal just for uh, just a minute? Can I just say, why don't we have the joy of the Lord each and every day in our life? Why, why don't I have the, the, the confidence in knowing that I am Christ Jesus every single day of life? Is this, is this too much today? But, but why don't we? It's because we don't truly enter into his rest. I'm going to point out here in just a minute, one of the first things is you can only have rest by faith. You can only have it by faith. Hmm. It's awful quiet in here today. But this rest of God we're talking about today is a relationship with him. We've been teaching about that. It's been taught in here for weeks, months, years, a relationship with God. And it's going to continue to ring true from here. And whoever teaches that it's got to be about relationship. It's a response to his grace. How many are thankful for his grace in here this morning? (laughs) I mean, his grace is so amazing. We've had opportunities this week, my wife and I, to, to share with different individuals about God's grace. And how wonderful and how truly amazing his grace is. I cannot wrap my mind, and not to get on a rabbit trail, but I cannot wrap my mind, I cannot comprehend how great, how awesome, how amazing, how long-lasting his grace truly is. I can't, and no one in here can. We can sing songs about amazing grace, but I cannot comprehend how truly deep, how far, how wide, how high, how low, his grace is. Hmm. Not in the notes, but man, it hits. <laughs> you see, the rest, it, I said I was going to teach. I got to calm down because I almost felt like a preaching right there. I'm not going to go back to what I said. I really feel like a teaching right now. So, you know, anybody that's ever been up here, you know what I mean. You can, you can feel that kick in. But the rest that we're talking about, I see Jay over there, he's ready to give a drum beat. But this rest will move us past dead religion, won't it? And it leads us into a vibrant enjoy. See, that's what we want to get to is when, whenever we see a Christian, when we see a brother and sister, we say, right, there's a vibrant. That's a life. That's joy. That's, that's someone. And I keep going back to joy for some reason today, but it's pretty important because it says joy of the Lord is our strength. And we're living in days when your strength is going to be tested like you've never seen. So if you're not having joy, you better get back to joy. It's one important thing that you need in your walk. Because what was one of the first things he hit you with? He wants to take your joy away from you. Because if you're not joy, you're not going to be vibrant in your walk. You're not going to want to be around other people who have joy because they have joy and you're wallowing in your non-joy. I know how it works. But I've been there. But he brings you, when you are entering into his rest, what he has for you, takes you past dead religion, brings you into that vibrant life of joy. It brings you past dreadful fears and worries. When you enter into his rest, that's what will happen. It leads you into simple trust. 
I'm going to be the first one. I just have simple trust. I'm not trying to overcomplicate it. I'm just simply trusting what he says. And, and there's nothing wrong with having all these. It's just simple trust. Then he say to come with what kind of faith? As like a child? <laughs> and children have pretty simple faith and trust. It takes us past self-effort and self-righteousness. <laughs> it's not what I can do. It's all about what he's done. It takes us just past words. You know, you can have words, but it takes, you know, it puts it into action. When you enter into his rest, it's no longer just about what you say, you know. I mean, people can say all the time, well, yeah, well, I'm this or I'm that, I, you know, I'm this wonderful Christian. But if you're this wonderful Christian, it should be shown in action, shouldn't it? I got more amens than I thought I'd get. Because it should move you into action. It's a natural response, isn't it? When grace affects you, it's a natural response to be active in that. It should be. It should be. And it's not, a, it's not like a slap on the whatever if you're not, but this is just saying it, it just should be. That's what you should see. You should see it, a natural reaction and action for what God has done for you and what he's called you to do. I'll just leave it there. I don't want to keep going into that, I guess. But I don't know about you, but I crave rest. I crave that. And I want to into it every day. And I've got to get in here because I'm just getting them really to my first, first point here. Entering this rest should be important. I've established that, hopefully, a major, major priority. And I want to go back to Hebrews 4.1. If you can throw that up there for me, JC, Hebrews 4.1. It says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. So his rest is available, and it's still out there, and there should be a fear, right? Because that's what the writer says. There should be a fear, a trembling, or a failing to enter God's rest. I will tell you right now, and this is, may sound harsh, but if you're here today, and you don't know Jesus Christ, there should be a fear of failing to enter into his eternal rest. There should be a fear and trembling to enter into a presence of a holy God and not be right with him. He has given you an opportunity, and he wants to let you know that his grace is available, and he's calling you in to enter in to rest. The fear that we're talking about, it's not a paranoia. It's not a vague worry. It doesn't mean a, a, a reverential fear, a reverence fear, which is a good thing, right? That's, a, that's an amazing thing to have, okay? But what the writer of Hebrews is trying to get the readers to understand is this, that there should be such a desire and a concern for us to get everything Christ has for us. There's so much that he has for us. It goes much deeper, doesn't it? This walk, this, this thing that we, that we sign up for, that we, that we say, Jesus, save me in my sins. Jesus, come into my life. 
you know, free me. I want to live for you. There's so much more that is encapsulated with what he has for us. And he wants all that for us. It's like, I'm in a, I don't want to miss out. You know, I don't want to miss anything that you have for me, God. Because it's in your rest. How many are saved in here today? Raise your hand if you're saved. Right? Some people will then ask, will ask you, what does it mean to be saved? And they'll say, I'm on my way to heaven, right? A lot of people say that, I'm on my way to heaven. It's true. It's great. And I don't make light of that at all because that is wonderful. And Jesus does save us for a future glory. But what about for today? Are you experiencing his rest today? Only you can answer that. God didn't give this to me this week just to have something to say to kill time. I don't believe God works that way. He's got a lot of words in this book. And I know when he's speaking to me. And I know when he says, here's what you need to say. And I have in times, and I know Pastor Tracy and whoever has taught, you wrestle and say, well, are you sure that's what you want me to talk about? You ever done that? You know, I don't know. But then you know that you know. Because the Holy Spirit's dealing with it. It was like, God, what do you want your people to know about rest this morning? Because they need it. They need to enter into it. I have it for them. Just like I have all these other things. It's like, I got all these wonderful things. So basically it said, here it is, and it's at my table. And if you want it, you can come and take of it. But I'm not going to force you to come up here and take it. It's all up to you whether or not you want the rest or if you have it already. And for me, I say, God, I want it because it's good. And anything that you got, I want because it's all good. So I'm coming up here. You know how I'm at the table? Don't get by me by the table because I'm going to be like, I'm taking it all. You've been around some of those people at family reunions and they're like, man, I need side walls on my plate. Because I got so much food on here, and I need more. I need more. He says, you don't worry, you don't worry about it. You just come up and you take what you want from this. Because you're going to sit at my table. So you couldn't take any of that if you wasn't invited to come up to his table. But when you have the blood of Jesus on you, he says, come and take. He says, you're mine now. And when you're mine, you can have whatever it is you want from me. And I want you to come and take. I want you to sit at my table. I want you to take and have this rest. He's like, I've given it to you in a future glory for sure. It's yours in heaven, and nothing can come between that. But you're going to walk a walk right now, and there's going to be times you're going to have trials and tribulations. That's what he said. You're going to have trials, and you're going to have tribulations. None of us in here are exempt from that. But in my trials and tribulation, I can still be in a place of his rest. And that, my friends, is going to be what people see in the world. You may never reach them by quoting a scripture to them. You may never do that. You might. And a lot of times that does happen. But you know what people are going to see? They're going to see how you react. They're going to see how you are. They're going to see the trials and the tribulations that you go through. And they're going to watch what you do in them. They're going to see how you treat other people. They're going to see how you are, you know, in the line at Walmart. or Mc- Sadly, but that's what they're going to do. 
And they'll, they'll judge and they'll, they'll look at you and be like, and I'm sorry, this is hard. This is a heavy thing to walk. And you'll be like, I'm not perfect all the time, and I get that. But people will say this, and I don't know how many people have told me, like, if that's anything like what a Christian is, I don't want it. Anybody else heard that? I understand we have bad days. I understand we have bad moments. But that's the importance of entering into his rest. You can enter into a rest. Let's go to the second verse. You can access his rest by faith. For this good news that God has prepared, this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter that rest. You can't enter into rest with performance. You can't enter into rest with your labors and your toils. You can't do that. See, that's what they had to try to do in the Old Testament. You had to try to do this, and you tried to, had to earn it, and you had to do this, and you had to do one, all these things and all these laws. And he's saying it's no more. It's not about your labors. It's not about your toils. It's not about your performance. It's about me. It's about what I've done. It's not on effort. It's only by faith. It's simple trust in God. The writer reminds us of the Exodus generation. They were on the edge of the promised land. How many of you can go back to that story or you can just kind of recall that in your mind? They were at the edge of the promised land. And what happened? This is going back. This is elementary today, I know. But they, they were disobedient. They were, they were grumbling. They were complaining. They balked at God's power. They didn't obey his words. They refused to go in. Can you go back to the story about the spies? And only two of them came back with a good report. And the rest were like, oh, we can't go in because you know, there's giants in the land and all these things. And, and their disobedience, and they, they, they wouldn't go in when God was saying go in, but they wouldn't go in. They balked at the power of God. They had a lack of faith. And it manifested in their disobedience. See, inaction fueled by unbelief <laughs> is too widespread. A lack of trust in God often keeps us from moving out into the purposes that he has for us. Can I give you an example? Jesus has a command. Matthew 7, 12. It's the golden rule. Anyone know the golden rule? One of these early ones we, we learn in, 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 in church and children's church. And, but Matthew 7, 12, it says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Very, very, just, just kind of simple right there, isn't it? So imagine you're at odds with somebody. Imagine you're at odds with someone. No one's ever been at odds with anybody in here, right? No, no, no. Nobody's ever had to confront this, right? Now right there, we can go. We can say, hey, you've encountered this. You know. It shouldn't be that difficult, right? It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that difficult. The Holy Spirit calls to you. Do to them as you would like them to do to you. Whew. Sometimes that's rough, isn't it? You have no promise that their behavior will change. 
If he says, you go do to them. But you have no idea if they will change their behavior. And that's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? It's, it's, something, it's something that he asks us to do. And he says it, the law of the prophets, that it hangs on this golden rule. It's like if you would just treat others. Oh. You have no promise that their, change will, uh, their, their behavior will change. And it's not a secret spell that you cast on somebody. It, it doesn't work that way, does it? So that they will begin to treat you well. It doesn't work that way. It's simply Christ calling us to be what? Christ-like. He just wants us to be Christ-like. You're suddenly on the very edge of your own little promised land, right? A territory within you Christ wants you to conquer. We're speaking internally here. Like your promised land where God's leading you to. And you can conquer the land. And Christ's likeness is the goal. That's the goal. That should be every one of our goals, is to be Christ-like. The Spirit calls to you, says, come on into your promised land. Come in, come in, be, be like me. I want you to be more like me. That's the call. That's the Holy Spirit. That's, the, that's what he's saying to each and every one of us. I want you to be more like me. I want you to represent me. Hmm. He says, I'll help you take the step. That's how faith works. I'm going to get through these next ones hopefully a little quicker. I don't know what dropped in my spirit right here. It's, it's like the Holy Spirit says, you know what? <laughs> He's like, this is a tough one. These are kind of some tough things. They're elementary things, but they're tough things to overcome. They're tough things to walk out, to be more Christ-like. We want to see the more bold things. And he's like, I'm still working on these simple things. He's like, I, I, I still want to work on some simple things with people. I want to work out some of these basic things with people. This last one I want to hit on, I believe that's uh, the last one here. You're all looking at me like, how many pages of notes you got up here? I'm teaching today. Hebrews 4, 12, 13, it says, God's rest is offered in God's word, okay? So let's go to uh, verse 12 and 13. It says, that for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. So you have all this talk of rest and entering into rest as we're reading down through there, and then you see a sudden shift, don't you? Anyone think that that's kind of like, what happened? I'm, I'm, I'm going down through here and I'm reading about all this rest and entering into the rest and then boom you're confronted with a shift that the writer wants you to get and he hits you with this right here in these verses it's a shift from the rest of God to the word of God 
And it, honestly, if you think about it, it, it almost seems a little out of place when you think about it when you're reading down through there. It on, honestly kind of feels like, what's going on here? But it's there for a point and a purpose, right? I mean, I've been looking, you know, and I've been reading about God's rest and how we should enter it. <laughs> and you think that this great teaching on how to go in to the rest would come next, right? Because we've been talking about the rest, but you're all like, well, how are you going to tell me how to get there? And then, boom, he, he hits you with this right here. Anybody else look at it that way? Like, I'm reading, writer, what you're, what you're saying to me here, and you're telling me to enter into God's rest, and I'm, I'm hanging, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting to see how do I enter into that, that rest, God, and I want to see how you do. And then, boom, he hits you with this. We have this quick shift to focus on Scripture. So many times we quote Hebrews 4.12 without connecting it to Hebrews 4, 1 through 11, when we want to enter into the rest. The connection here is this. The writer made a case that to enter into the rest of God was by faith. And later on, I would like for you, if you get a chance, go back and you read Hebrews from the beginning. And you'll see where in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, he's teaching from Psalm 95. He refers to the books of Joshua, Numbers, Exodus, and Genesis. He wrote of Moses and Joshua and the angels and the prophets. The expectation was for the word of God to intermix within the human heart. You've got to remember who he's writing to here. Yeah, he's speaking to us today. He's like, I want you to see the word of God. I want it to begin to come alive to you. And then when it becomes alive, it will begin to intermix within the human heart. It just works that way, doesn't it? He wanted to create a movement in the hearers of the word. He wanted to create a movement in the hearts of the hearers. The point is, God's word, if you open it up, right, it will cut, and it will divide. <laughs> it will do that, and it will show you who you are. It will begin to show you if you truly have the rest of the Lord. You cannot fake God's rest. You cannot do that, and I'm closing. cannot fake God's rest, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't pretend to have it if you don't. I, I must be honest and transparent before the Lord. Each and every one of us must be honest and transparent before the Lord. Let us daily pursue him and the life that he has in store for us. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for, for the word that is alive. And God, I pray right now, Lord, I, I want rest for my own life. God, I'm pursuing the rest that you have. And I'm praying that for each and every individual in here today. God, that we would allow your word to search our hearts. And allow your word to just begin to to expose things that we need to have exposed. God, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. 
It's a good thing, God, to allow your word to expose the very innermost parts of, of who we are. God, you know that already, but God, it, it takes some time for us to sometimes see that. So, God, I'm asking, Lord, Father, that you would just still continue by your Holy Spirit that is in each and every one of us here today, if we are in Christ Jesus, to begin to just stir that up within us. For, God, it is an important time that we live in to enter into your rest and be active about your kingdom work. God, for us to be active and work and be restless. God, that's a struggle that we don't need. We don't have to have. But when we enter into a true rest of your spirit, God, that's what we truly need. So as we leave this place this morning, and God, that we go our separate ways, I pray that this word would continue to stir within each and every one of us. And God, if, if we're here today and we're entered into that rest and we're, we're living in that rest, then God, I, I thank you and I just pray for uh, just strength upon their life. God, you continue to just, just um, give them, Lord Father, what they need for, for the journey. And God, if there's any here today that are struggling with this, they just don't have the rest. I pray that they just simply come before you and they say, God, I want your rest. I humbly come before you, God, and I ask that you would just begin to show me. Let your word begin to just, uh, just light things up in my life that I need so that I can enter into that rest. And we give you thanks for it. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Before you run out of here today, I do have a couple of announcements uh, this week here at the church, Tuesday night prayer at 6 o'clock, Wednesday night youth, and then upcoming events that we have Saturday, March 25th, we have the men's breakfast at 8 o'clock here at the church. Um, Saturday, April the 1st, we have a night of worship. It starts at 6 o'clock. And then Friday, April the 7th, we have a Good Friday service here at the church at 6 o'clock. Uh, these are being uh, rolled on the announcements at the beginning of services. Uh, we just want to let you know, extended outlook on our calendar. We have May 26th through the 28th. That's the Vertical We Stand Conference with Charles Walters. That's a Friday through Sunday. And Saturday, there's going to be a teaching time in the morning, service in the evening, both services on Sunday, uh, both a.m. and p.m. Don't forget the youth. They are going to Alabama at the end of this month, and uh, we still need people to, uh, if, if you want to, to uh, give and support that, absolutely, we want you to be able to do that. You can do that by putting it in one of these envelopes and marking on their youth trip to Alabama, uh, however you want to do that. Did you have something that you wanted me to? Yes, the baptism, uh, we have a sign-up sheet out there, and that's going to be Sunday, April the 16th. Uh, so we do have some that want to be baptized. So that's you. Make sure you put your name down on there. We love you all. Yes, do you have another one? Oh, awesome. Okay. So you've all been very faithful. We thank you for your giving. I mean, we're super close to that, that mark. So if it's led on your heart to give, 
Absolutely, we want to let you uh, sow into that. So, amen. Let's be dismissed in the Lord. We want you back here at 6 o'clock tonight. If you can be here, please, 530 for prayer. We're going to have another wonderful time in the Lord.